Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Hope is here. It is our Easter series. And because of that, it is therefore going to end today. And next Sunday, we will start something different. But today, we are talking about the power of hope. Let us begin by reading Ephesians chapter 1 verses 17 to 20. We'll begin from verses 17. It begins by saying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding so as we go first of all realize the Bible is saying your understanding has eyes you may not know it but it is a spiritual reality it is those eyes that help you to understand. When the eyes of your understanding are darkened, you live in an ignorance that locks you out of the life of God. Please pay attention. The eyes of your understanding may be opened. Today, there are some of you who are sitting in this house today. And for the first time in your life, the eyes of your understanding are going to be flooded with light. Hallelujah. Today, you know, one time Jesus met a blind man. And he prayed for the man. And then he told the man, do you see? The man told him, yes, I have begun to see. But when I look at people, they are not very clear to me. They are like trees. And Jesus prayed for him again. And he began to see much clearer. There are some of you today. You've known and you have seen the 
things of God but you are kind of like that man. You like them but you don't understand them well. You see people but they look like trees to you. in the name of Jesus as we proclaim and you hear this word today the eyes of your understanding are receiving light. Oh, in the name of Jesus. So that you can see clearer and better the ways of God and the things of God. Before I even continue in that text, let's jump over to Ephesians chapter 4 from verses 17. He says, this I say therefore and I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk like the rest of the people walk. Do not walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds having their understanding darkened. When you have your understanding darkened, you become alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that becomes your portion. Because of the blindness that is in your heart. But today in the name of Jesus, Every blindness in the heart is getting out in Jesus' name. Because God has done wonders and miracles for us. God has loved us with a love we cannot even begin to explain. If you are a human being, I want you to know that God loves you with a love that even angels wonder why he loves you But the challenge comes in when you live under the power of darkness then you do not know or realize the love that God has for you. You can't see it. That is why for most people when the devil slaps them instead of blaming the devil they blame God because they don't know they're in a darkness. When problems come it is not God has brought the problems it is the devil the enemy. But when you are blinded and in darkness you begin to turn around but God, but God, why, but God, but God and yet God is saying in the fire I am there with you I will help you I am your ever present help in time of 
trouble you don't understand when you are in darkness you can't see God but when light comes to you there are certain things you begin to see glory be to God you begin to see life clearly you begin to see life in the right way glory be to God and so today in Jesus name every darkness is living and light is coming your way to the glory of the name of Jesus. Believe me or not, I'm just still reading the introductory scripture. So the Bible is saying that in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 we want the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so the eyes of your understanding must be enlightened in other words you must understand certain things and so he says Number one, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now listen to me, God's people. The death of Jesus Christ is a very important thing for us. Because the Bible is telling us here in the death of Jesus Christ the might of God's power was working something. Do you understand? So verses 20 says that which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So when God raised Jesus from the dead he was working on something. Do you see it? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And I came to tell you that when Jesus was being raised from the dead there was something God was working on. That is what I have come to proclaim to you today. In fact, according to this scripture we have read, there are three things you must understand which God worked when he raised Jesus from the dead. Are you still with me? There are three things that God worked, accomplished, and gave to us 
by raising Jesus from the dead the things which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at his right hand in the heavenly places God was working and three things you must understand that God worked and they are for us but he worked them. You see, many people, when they hear that Jesus died and rose again for you, they don't relate. They, they, they just don't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he did. It is like, for example, if someone comes here and tells you, my daughter, there was a man who lived in 1805 in a village called And that man in Nakapiripit, he died for you. Can you imagine? Someone trying to tell you a man in 1854 in died for you. To some people who are in darkness whose mind the eyes of their understanding has not been Enlightened the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus may very well be compared to the man in Nakapiripiri. But my friend, the death and resurrection of Jesus is way, way better. Than the man in Nakapiripirit. Because in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God was working something for you and for me. And when you come in the understanding of that, it changes the rest of your life. So I am praying for you in Jesus' name. That today the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that you will understand at least one of these three things. And then the rest we shall discuss as we go. So there are three things you must understand. And not understand them just with your head. But your spirit must capture them. That's why today I didn't come to speak to your mind. Because you may not get me in your mind. Today I came to speak to your spirit mind. And he will get this. And as your spirit man gets this, whatever was dead in your life must come to life in Jesus' name by reason of the anointing and the power of God. You will never be the same in Jesus' name. Glory be to his name. So number one that you must understand that the death of Jesus brings to us is a thing called hope. Hope. 
In Romans chapter 5, the Bible says that now hope does not disappoint. Hope. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, God was working for us something called a living hope. And so he says, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I'm going to expound on these things. But let me first highlight for you the other two. So number one, you must come into the understanding of hope. And I even know right now, even as I say these things, right now, if you are really sincere with yourself, you must ask your heart, do I understand this thing? Hope. Do, do I even know what it's talking about? Because my friend, if you don't, you must come to light so that the light of our Lord Jesus Christ may shine in your heart with such brilliance that it restores hope we are look, that is what we are going to look about today because today someone is called the power of hope but let me first highlight for you the other two so number one, God is working for us a living eternal hope. Number two, he is working for us and accomplishing an inheritance for us. Eternal hope. And number two is inheritance. And number three, it is Power. Power. I wish I had all the time to talk to you about all these three things. But as we move along together, I will be teaching you more of these things. But yet, this is one thing also that I want to say. That when you understand that starting point, hope, when you gain the hope, hope ushers you into inheritance. And when you begin to grasp inheritance, oh my goodness, then you are ushered into a place of power. Power over things. Power over the universe. Power over principalities. Some of you even power over yourself. You don't even have power over yourself. You don't have the thing called self-control. You don't. But when you come into hope, 
Hope ushers you into inheritance. And inheritance draws you into a place of power. Where you are able to rule and reign in authority. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. But today, let's first talk about hope. Someone say, Master Lord Jesus, open my eyes today to understand hope and the power of hope. So there is a man called Job in the Old Testament. Job went through a hard time. God used that hard time to teach us certain things. So one time, I was going through a tough period myself. And I thought I had been disqualified by God. You know, there are many people in life who the reason they are living their life nagaral is because they feel like they are disqualified from God. One time, I had a story of this young lady. This young lady had been raped. And because she had been raped, she just began sleeping around with any man. To the extent that she would pay border, border guys to just sleep with her. Like, she stops you and she's like, take me home. When you get home, she's like, I can pay you extra to stay with me. Can you imagine? Because in her life, she felt she's disqualified from good life. There are many people who are hopeless. They feel like to them, why did I even come on this earth? In fact, even Job was like that one time. He is the day I was born. I wish there was no one who went to tell my father that a boy had been born. Why did I come into this world? He felt hopeless. He had lost everything. There was nowhere he was moving anymore. Even his friends looked at him and they said, Job, don't lie to us. God gave up on you a long time ago. Even his wife looked at him and said, my dear, Fa, Die. 
just die. Why are you even still living? Can you imagine the wife you married, the mother of your children, coming and telling you the best thing for you right now is for you to die. And say, there is so much pain in this world. And people go through things. Sometimes you see people dressed so nicely, putting on makeup. makeup. You don't know what they are hiding inside there. The only time they feel nice is when they have put on all those things. Life is hopeless. There are people who just give themselves to alcohol, smoking, and drugs. To the point that even now they are possessed by the alcohol, the cigarette, the drugs. Because life is hopeless. They have no hope. There is no hope. They feel like there is no hope. One time I was at a place where I felt like also I was disqualified from God. And there are many people who live their life that way. They feel they are not qualified. Some of you, if we just asked you to come here and tell us your story. After you tell us your story, we will not talk to you again. Because we are like, ah, Fiona. 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 You also did that. Don't ever come near me again. And all of us are here. But the feelings inside we don't know. Only you and God can know. And Job was also going through certain things. Which he even tried to explain to his friends. They couldn't understand. But in the middle of that. He spoke very powerful words by the inspiration of God. He, he wrote a book, by the he wrote a book. Job. It's called Job. Chapter 14. And verses 17. I wish I had the time to read for you this whole chapter. But let's, but let's start from the good news, verses 7. He says, for there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, that it will sprout up again. And that its tender shoots will not cease. Can you see that? So he says, and when you read, he was talking about man. Because in, in verses 1, he says, man, 
who is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. That's how he starts this chapter. So when he's talking about a tree, it is a figure of a person. And he is saying, just like a tree has hope, even you, you should understand that there is hope even for a tree. There is hope for you. There is hope for everyone. There is hope for everyone. There is hope for everyone. He says, for if it is cut down, that it will sprout up again. You know there are many things that can cut you down or undercut you. Hallelujah. You were going to school. Everything was fine. And then your father died. And everything began going the opposite way. You were living happy. And then your husband came back one day and said, me, I no longer like this thing. And left and went. You, you were living your life happy and joyful. And then one day, you got a certain sickness and went to the doctors and they told you, this one, sorry, we can't help. There are many, many ways as a tree could be cut. Do you understand? But Job says there is hope for a tree that even if it is cut down, it will sprout up again. You know you were doing your business. It was going all well until one day when you brought a container full of things and you met an unfair you are a person and made it that you delayed clearing and, and you lost your business. And things went the opposite way. according to the scriptures, there is hope for a tree. Even if it is cut down, it will sprout up again. Listen, my friend, I was on my bed and I was crying. And I was saying, Lord, I think I am done. And the Lord spoke in my ears and said there is hope for a tree. He showed me this scripture when I had not known that it is even there. And I went and I read it and I felt like there is hope. There is hope. There is hope for a tree. Even if you are cut down you would have been chased out of ministry. You did terrible things. But I am telling you today there is hope for a tree that even if it is cut down it can sprout up again it can sprout up again it will sprout up again it will sprout up again 
telling you my friend this is not the end of you if you still have breath in your if you still have breath in your nostrils your story has not ended yet whatever was trying to consume you you can look at it and say I may have been cut that time but I want you to know there is hope for me I will sprout up again I will rise up again I will be better than this I will go back to school I will get my degree again I will try my business again I will flourish again I will try my ministry again I am not being taken out not at this time I am not giving up not right now I am not stopping here if there is hope for a tree there must be hope for me there must be hope for me. There must be hope for me. There must be hope for me. There is hope for me. I'm not giving up here. I'm not stopping right here. There is hope for me. I'm not giving up right now. I am not stopping here. Who am I helping somebody? I feel the spirit of God is helping someone here. He is telling you, do not give up. This is not the time to give Right now, there is hope. There is hope. I said. There is hope. Someone shout Amen. Someone say there is hope. There is hope. You will not stop in senior four. There is hope for a tree. You will not even end in no, senior no, 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 no. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Let me tell you. You will get married. You will marry. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. You will get out of rent. You will have your own home. I'm saying there. There is hope. 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 You will not end where you are. I am saying to you. There is hope. There is hope. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. There is hope. He's risen. You are going to get another job. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. You are going higher. You don't end where you are. He is risen. There is hope. You know what brings hope for the tree? Because if I only stopped there, I wouldn't have helped you. But let me take you further. Oh, I feel the spirit of God helping us. There is someone you're being lifted from where down you have been. Someone you're being lifted from a depression. Someone you're being lifted from anxiety. Someone you're being lifted from terrible thoughts. Thoughts that we are telling you you are out and about. You go 
devil is a liar. Your time is not yet. Oh, you are able to go ahead. You are able to do it. You Glory be to God. So he says there is hope for a tree that if it is cut down, it will sprout up again. Someone say, I will sprout up again. He says that its tender shoots will not cease. Uh, for those of you who plant eucalyptus, you know this phenomenon. Or oh, if you've planted coffee before. You, you know this phenomenon. Even if you cut kalitunsi, if you cut eucalyptus, if you haven't removed its roots, it is going to grow up again. Tell somebody next to you that I am like eucalyptus. I am going nowhere. Let me tell you, if the devil wanted to stop you, he should have killed you when he had a chance. But right now, it is too late. It is too late. It is too late. I am coming back again. I am coming back again. I am coming back again. My ministry is coming back again. My family is coming back again. My business is coming back again. I can hear the sound of hope. I can hear the sound of hope. I can hear the sound of hope. Who am I speaking to? I can hear the sound of hope. Glory be to God. Give him a hand clap if you mean it. Verses 8. Though its roots may grow old in the earth. <laughs> because some of you may were feeling like you are too old. That you can't catch up with life. But I came to tell you. You still have some time. Even at 80, God can still use you. If he used Moses at 80, and used Joshua at 80, how about you who is 29? About? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hey! Hey! My time is here. If guess Sarah a child at 90. Now Elizabeth And gave Elizabeth a child at 80. I am telling you. It is no longer too late for you. Someone say I am rising. I am flourishing. 
This is Easter. Jesus rose from the yes. dead. There is hope. There is hope. Come on, everybody, give him a hand clap. He's worthy. Verses 9 is what I really wanted. Because this is where hope comes from. In verses 9, he created a situation for you. Because in verses 8, we see that the root may grow old in the earth. It looks like nothing is happening, nothing is going on. Because down there, it's like it's rotting. And then it says, even if its stamp may die in the ground. And then you, you look at that stamp. You can even get a firewood off it. Yet, something begins to happen. Something begins to happen. Which is the thing that must happen to you? Just shouting and saying, may not help you. This is where your help is. This is where your help is. He says, yet at the scent of water. So the difference between the stamp that died and the stamp that is sprouting up again is that the stamp that is rising up again smelt water. In verse 9 he says yet at the scent of water it, 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 does, it may not the water. But if it smells the water, do you understand? It may not touch the, the water may be at distance. But if it, if it smells the water, it will bring forth branches like a plant. Do you understand? This is when I discover what I need is not what other people are saying. One who look at you and they have their ideas and they said they are done. done. They have no more time. They didn't go to school. They don't know what they are talking about. They don't know English. Who does, who does they know? So I was sitting there on my bed. I said there is hope. But that hope must get water. Where is the water? And then the Lord drew me to a scripture in John chapter 7 verses 37 so that I can see the water. So let's all go there. John chapter 7 from verses 37 it was on the last day the great day of the feast. 
So there was a feast. And this was the great day of the feast. It was the last day of the feast. Jesus stood up. You know when you see Jesus standing up, you know things are about to be good. Do you understand? When you see Jesus standing up, you know something is about to happen that is beautiful. And so he stood up and he cried out. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. I remembered. What helps the other tree is water. Do you understand? And then Jesus stands and says, Who is thirsty? When you need water, you are thirsty. When you need water, you are thirsty. There is hope for a tree. But the hope of the tree lies in the water. And Jesus stands up. You know there is a woman he told. I have water you know not of. <laughs> hey. Hey. Again in John chapter 3, he, he met a woman at the well. And he told her, the water that I will give you will become in you fountains of living water flowing unto Watch Do you understand that? And on this occasion, he stands up again and says, Who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. Let him come to me and drink. Friends, Jesus has certain water. And it is the water we need to make our hope rise up again. Life may be really bad. But Jesus is standing and is saying, Who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? Who is thirsty? That is the one I want. Because this tree, when it smells water, hope comes back. To life. And so Jesus says, Who is thirsty? And then he goes forward and says, He says, uh, am, am I in the right text? Uh, here. Uh -huh. He says, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Hey. He who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So I began to realize at that point that 
what I need when I have no hope, when I feel disqualified, I need water. Are we together? But now, what is water? What is the water? What is the water? It is right here. He says, he who believes in me. Not the one who believes me. But the one who believes in me. Because there is a difference between believing someone. And believing in someone. You know the devil believes Jesus. That's why he fights you. But the devil doesn't believe in Jesus. That's why he can't be saved. And any man that does not believe in Jesus cannot be saved. But anyone that believes in Jesus will be saved. Glory be to God. So there is a difference. For example, when you talk to Muslims, they believe Jesus. They believe he's a prophet. They don't believe in him. So I'm going to define to you what it means to believe in Jesus. Because it is believing in in Jesus that produces hope. It is believing in Jesus that guarantees a second chance for your life. Do you understand? It is believing in Jesus that assures you that whether the wind comes or it begins to rain, whether it is sunshine or fire, if you believe in Jesus, you are going to make it. You're going to make it. So, a lot of people believe Jesus, but they don't believe in Jesus. And there's a difference. And Jesus is saying, He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of their hearts will just flow water. Which means whoever believes in me cannot be defeated. Cannot stay behind. You cannot despise them. You cannot stop them. You cannot stop them. Whoever believes in me, their hope is alive. If you chase them from this job, they will get another job. If you stop them Kampala, if you distract them from Kampala, you find them bigger in Masaka. Just them from Masaka. You find them in the streets of Dubai. If you fail them from Dubai, when they have believed in Jesus, you find them in New York. And they have a big When you send a minister from one place, you find them pretty in another place. And it will be bigger. There is hope. There is hope. To they 
them that believe in Jesus. Believing in Jesus is the water. Do you know that many people here you believe in demons more than you believe in Jesus. Today I came to call you to believe in Jesus more than anything else. Jesus has made us what we are today. We wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have been where we are. But we believed in Jesus. We believed in Jesus. So what does that mean? To believe in Jesus. You know, when you believe someone, it means you take the words they say as true. But when you believe in someone, it means whether it, you don't just take their words. Everything about their life becomes of benefit to you and of interest to you. Do you hear me? There is something fundamental that Jesus came to do. Please listen, Tova one. If you miss this, you've missed the sermon, I'm telling you. So you need to pay more attention here. Hallelujah. Amen. So there is something very fundamental that Jesus came to accomplish. It is that. Fundamental thing that he accomplished that you must believe. In order to be that you believe in him. You see, even the Israelites believed that Jesus was a prophet. They even believed he was from God. But they did not believe his mission. You must believe what he came to do. You must believe it. You must believe fundamentally. What he did for you. Do you hear me? God was working something. When Jesus came. Yes, we there is something God was working. And that is what he wants you to believe. When you believe that that Jesus came to do, then you become like a tree that has gotten water. Hope comes back to your life. Do you hear me well? So, all the talking I have been doing today, this is where I wanted to bring you. At. I wanted to bring you to this point. My brother, you have to believe that, that Jesus came to do what he came to accomplish. You have to understand it and believe it. If you don't believe it, you are in darkness. If you believe it, then his light shines upon you. 
there is a light that is going to shine for you in Jesus' name. Now listen. I'm going to read for you one scripture. And if you understand this, your life will change forever. It is in Romans chapter 4. Verses 25. And here is where truth lies. And if you understand this truth, it changes everything about your life. So I am praying for you that you will get a grasp of this truth and that this truth will get a grasp of you. Listen. And the scripture says, this is believing in Jesus. This is believing in Jesus. Let me tell you. Do you know that there are people who Jesus did miracles for? On, on Wednesday. And on Friday they were saying, crucify him, crucify him. He gave them bread on Monday. They ate and were healed. And it was a miracle. And after they said, crucify him, crucify him. Do you him. understand? Believing that God is going to do a miracle for you is not believing in Jesus. What I'm going to tell you is what is called believing in Jesus. This is where we're going to know. You are also going to know if you really believed in him or not. Or you believe him. Believing Jesus won't help you. Believing in Jesus is what helps you. When you believe him, he helps you. When you believe in him, you are saved. You have new hope. You have new hope. You enter into inheritance. You enter into power. When you believe in Jesus, you get new hope. You enter into your inheritance and you get power. Most of us we believe Jesus, but we don't believe in Jesus. But today, Jesus is saying, I want you to believe in me. That is why your powers are going to give you hope. Whatever was dead in your life will come back to life because you have believed in me. Are you ready? This is the scripture. He says in Romans chapter 4. Verses 25. Let us read it all of us together out loud. One, two, three, go. Uh -huh. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our Hey, Jesus Christ yes, Christo, was delivered up for our offenses. Come on. Hey. Offenses, do you have some offenses? Have you done some offenses? 
Have you been doing some offenses? Are you still in offenses? I brought you good news today. The death of Jesus Christ. God was giving him for your offenses. For your offenses. God looked at you. You were lost. The most amazing thing about us being lost did not start with us. No one was trained to learn. When your mother sat you down and, and told you, is there anyone? If you discover that, if you tell me the truth, I, it might not sit well with me. Come up with something I can believe. If your mother trained you to do that, Raise your hand. How did you then learn how to lie? Don't look at me like that, like a saint. I know you have lied before. So who trained you how to lie? You who have ever been drunk. Uh, tell me if your dad sat you down. Said, my son, my daughter. If things get big and overwhelming for you. Drink and drink and not drinking water but drinking hard drinks. Bameka. How many of you guys? Where then did you learn these things from? On job training. You went and were able to do it. I have a child here who is one year and a half. She's a, a, a daughter to the pastor, but she can add you. Your father is a pastor. Who taught you how to argue with people? I even had her jeering one day. And I was wondering who told her how to do those things. Do you understand? Those things that you do, you are not the first. You were born already made. It keeps drawing you, drawing you to. Sometimes you resist and it pulls, you resist. It, it, it pulls you and you are saying, no, I will not go. And then you cry, oh God. Don't look at your neighbor. They might think I'm talking about them. Praise the Lord. Those things. Adam and Eve sold us. They sold us. You understand. They did what they were not supposed to do. And you are born with a seed of sin. And then you start to do your life in that seed. You also wonder where anger comes from and you do not know. It's a seed. And then God looks at you. 
And he sees, he realizes that your offenses are so many. Do you know that he even saw them before you were born? That's why people ask. Some people think that God forgave their past sins. Let me tell you something. How many of you were born before Jesus was crucified on the cross? All your sins were post paid for. Meaning that Glory be to Jesus. He saw you before you were born. Before you were even here. And he said, this one. He even knows that some of you have planned that after here, you are going somewhere. You have your programs. However much we preach, you're like, I will go. He knows, he's seeing you. We, we are in service. You're looking at your phone. The messages as they drop in. You're wondering. Praise the Lord. But can you imagine even what you are planning? He died for that one a long time ago as well. You are wasting your own time. He is waiting. The moment you come, the moment you choose to come. But the problem is some of you, by the time you come, you are wounded. Do you understand? He was delivered up for your offenses. That means there is therefore now offense that you will do or you will ever do that is beyond redemption. That has no help that has no cross. Then, and then he also says, so your offenses were the ones he died for. If he just died for your offenses and left it at that, it wouldn't have been enough for you. It would mean that you are still guilty. That if you have stolen my chicken, and my, your mother comes and gives it to me, and they pay, tomorrow if I see you passing by our gates, Mm. I will I will ask that the gate not be opened for you but yet the chicken was paid so if Jesus just paid for you and dies for you it wouldn't have been enough but the Bible says he was raised 
because of my justification. You know, I was looking at that word justification. And there are two other words that are nice. There's a word called vindication. Justification. Justification is the action of declaring and making a person righteous in the sight of God. This word justification means the action of declaring. First of all, declaring. But it goes further than declaring. It also makes it makes the person righteous in the sight of God. And then God did not just pay for your sin. When he raises him up from the dead, he just doesn't take away your offense. He justifies you and makes you righteous before God. Do you hear that? There are people who are struggling with that right now. And what makes you struggle with that is what is keeping you in problems. It is what is keeping you in failures. It is what is keeping you in, 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 in weaknesses. It is what is keeping you in sicknesses. If you can't believe God to forgive your sins and make you righteous, you cannot enter the inheritances of the children of God. And therefore, you cannot walk in the power of God. And so, he who comes to God must believe and the first fundamental thing to believe is he takes away your offense and regenerates you, makes your DNA change to look like his DNA. So that you are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are now a righteous man by the grace of God. This is where our hope is. That I have been made right before God because of Jesus and by Jesus. Jesus was resurrected because of my justification. Jesus was resurrected because of my Jesus was resurrected because of my justification. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Omanyi, this is where abantu was anti uh, because like I said, someone feels like eh one might think that if God already forgave what I was going to do I can then go and just do it it's already forgiven but that person has not understood justification you have missed the point that your DNA has been changed. That you just hate sin. If you still enjoy sin, it means you're still in the darkness. The light is not shining in your life. When the light shines on you like that, you hate sin because you love righteousness. Glory be to God. Jesus has paid the price for our redemption. And so we believe in him. For you to get hope you must believe in Jesus. My question to you, my friend, as you stand right there, have you believed in this Jesus to get this water? The water we are talking about is the water that believes in Jesus. Because when you believe in Jesus, This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.